All right, welcome to Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joser Jr. Eric Swanson sitting to the right of me, and Shane Madrinich is Skyping in from Duluth. How's it going tonight, guys? It's going pretty good, Joe. I think your uh, Joe. your listener retention is already through the roof with the uh, Kenny Loggins track. Yep, I cut it right at 30 seconds, <laughs> so there shouldn't That's- be... That's awesome. No copyright infringement. Allegedly. I don't know. That's great and murky. <laughs> if you can tie up somebody's legal team with uh, this podcast, then oh. you know what? Just hang that uh, that letter on your wall and frame it and <laughs> For consider sure. it the best trophy you've ever earned. <laughs> exactly. Um, so tonight we are brought to you by A&P Productions, their laser engraving division. Find them on Facebook at A&P Productions forward slash laser engraving division. Talk to Oz Klein. He just got this new Tumblr gig in to where he can uh, laser etch rings and whatnot. Laser etch anything. He laser etched the ran out of talent logo on the chassis of my truggy. He does an awesome job. Very affordable. Uh, he'll work with you with that whatever you want. He can turn any photo into a vector to laser etch it into whatever. We have a ton of jokes on my other podcasts that aren't appropriate for this one <laughs> to what he can laser etch. Can he laser etch an M12? Maybe some pinstriping for you? Sure. Or would it just melt? <laughs> no, it would work. Wow. It would work because um, he can make it go in like literally like a half thou deep and go with it and do whatever you want so um let's see this past weekend um we we had a lost podcast yeah what a bummer yeah that's about an hour 20 minutes gone and that's the kids running through the house um they're supposed to be in bed (laughs) they go to bed when the sun's out still Ah, they don't have an issue sleeping, but they also wake up at uh, 5.30 in the morning with me. Rough rough life. Yeah. Um, So last week was uh, around one of the MNRC at the Motodome. Um, First off, congrats to all the winners. KPRC won Truggy and uh, Kyle Holmberg, WC won both buggy classes, um, one in controversial fashion. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, Wait, hold on, I'm I'm been removed from the Nitro series for too long. Wait, who won? Uh, WKRP, Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> KPRC or Kyle Prasky. Okay. So congratulations, uh, guys. Yeah, they they did an awesome job. Um, I think Trevor Johnson won stock buggy, and I apologize to everyone, sportsman and pro four. I don't have the results up. I probably should pull them up. I'll pull them up here in a second. Um, personally, I had a pretty awful weekend. How was your Shane? You know, it started out kind of rough, um, but overall, it was pretty good. Yeah, mine uh, started off bad right off the get-go. I ran the rich tank through my truggy to keep breaking in the motor or whatnot. And then um, I went out there to Marshall 15 minutes into pra- like practice on Friday. I just started. I hyperextended my foot, and it was a uh, 10 on pain. 
Guys, I'm going to pause this just for a second. Uh, I got to go take care of the kids. All right, back. Sorry. That was a little bit of a pause. The kids were screaming. So, um, anyway. I got some parenting lessons from Joe just now. <laughs> yep. Just yell. Just, well, you yell at first to get their attention, then you talk to them calmly. You got to snap them out of it. Right. Is that is that typical of corner marshals? Uh, it depends. Um, they can't really hear you at the Nitro series, that's for sure. <laughs> that's that's true. So, um, but yeah, I was talking about my foot. So I've never felt, well, I felt a level 10 pain maybe once before. I almost went to the hospital for it, but it was ridiculous how, I'm glad I didn't, it was ridiculous how quickly it healed like i marshaled most of the day saturday is a little sore on sunday so um <laughs> i didn't marshal the mains on sunday i found a volunteer whatever there's enough people so um but i ended up going to mma practice on monday which was good but other than that dude i was lethargic all weekend i drove like crap nobody to blame but myself um but you almost bumped out of the B for E buggy because uh, you passed me. You bumped from the C and you passed me. Yep. Yeah, I um, I think it was Matt Lust and I were battling there for a while for that third and final bump spot. Wow, Matt Lust yeah. is a fast guy too. Yeah, he was he was pretty fast. Um, but then of course you know a little bit of battling going on behind me and uh, that <laughs> that kind of changed some things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, e-buggy, whatever, but, um, the controversial gig is, uh, the double-A main, the way we score it, we score it, not, we, we don't follow raw rules the way we score it, we follow, um, we do motocross style, Yep. so it's different than Roar, and, well, Danny and Sean and Kyle, they all decided to get into it on Facebook to where, Shane, would you say it really had no place being there? Well, the post that it was on, it didn't have a place being there. That, that, uh, that's it, what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was in the RC racing group. Uh, Alan Smith had posted uh, uh, some pictures of some headphones that him and Joe Dirt use. And which you cannot use marshalling anymore, by the way. Yep, I saw that. But yeah, somehow the the whole um, points thing got underneath that that uh, original post. So definitely in the wrong spot. And, and it was on a Thursday when that post was made. That race happened yep. last Sunday. Correct. It's done over. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> four, four or five days to stew on it, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I mean, usually I'm the other way. I'm explosive right away, and then... So help, help me understand here and the, and the rest of the listeners out there, however many of them there are that have made it this far, that uh, what what is the crux of the issue here? Hold on, I'll pull it up. I mean, I, I read the argument online, and I understand that some people are mad that it was scored, uh, whatever the raw rules are, based on lapse in time of your best finish. And then 
some people, you know, thought the other way wasn't right. So what 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 was the actual, you know, happenings in the race? Was it? Um, hold on, hold on. I'm if it was to scored one way, one guy would have won. And if it was yeah. scored the other way, the other person correct, would have won, right? Correct. So was this rule known beforehand, or this did somebody rule, just make it up on the fly after the, the no, fact? No, no, this rule's been in place for three years, and we've been using it for three years. I don't understand the issue, then. The rules are set ahead of time. If everybody knows it, then there shouldn't even be an issue. And it's worked. The rules could be that everybody had to drive with you know one hand tied behind their back, and if those were the rules that were agreed upon, then correct. Let her up. And everybody in every everybody in the who regularly makes the A main of e buggy has benefited and been screwed by that rule. Which vice versa, if we were running Roar, they would benefit and be screwed by it either way. I don't know. Exactly. I, Sounds kind of like the qual points versus rocket round argument in on-road right now. Oh, God. Yep. There's, you know, the majority of people for that uh, rocket round versus qual points, um, most people are in favor of qual points. I, you know, there's only a couple naysayers against rocket round. I'd enjoy... Less qualifying in rocket round, if that makes sense. Screw this three, four round qualifying crap. Some places do five, do two, and be done with it. You don't, if that makes sense to you. I think it depends on the race program for me personally, but I mean, if I'm going to be somewhere for three days, then. Oh, yeah, if you're going to be there for. For a weekend race where you're trying to cram everything into a 16-hour day, yeah, absolutely run less qualifying. There's way too much qualifying in relation to the actual amount of time people spend on the track racing against each other. Yeah. That's just a general rule of thumb for RC racing anywhere in the world. Yeah. Something that something that was established, you know, 30, 40 years ago, and we've just never been able to collectively as a, as a society of RC racers move past it to something that might work better. We've just been stuck on the same thing. For sure. I've always thought it'd be neat to go amount of laps instead of a timed race, too. I mean, we've done it a couple times in exhibition racing, but... There's all sorts of awesome ways to determine oh, you know, there the is. fastest driver. And, you know... The top three just, guys no, Nobody are has the, the guts three. to actually put on one of these races that has one of these alternative formats. I thought about it, but since I quit race directing, I kind of realized I dislike a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> and shane's getting that way with uh doing some of the lsrcc work and um shane's dealing with a very nice group I yeah mean, overall everybody's pretty good uh, i consider the lsrcc group my home track because i honestly enjoy the majority of the people there are more than around here but that's for another day um yeah, so basically the e-buggy deal, yeah, Kyle won. And we're going to keep it under moto style. It's more exciting. So. My personal and take on that, per and I, I think I understand why those rules would be in place, that, you know, so come second round of the, of the dual A-main, I mean, you want to see a guy chasing after another car in order to determine the final position, not chasing right. after, you know, some mysterious time that can't even be relayed to the drivers because of all the noise anyways. Exactly. Like, you, you, you're better off being able to, to go out on track, see the car in front of you, know that you have to pass them in order to win, 
Because then you're if if you do it by time, then you're then you're relying on an announcer to tell you. You're relying on your ability to hear what the announcer's saying. And then for people that aren't even like on the driver's stand or in the know, they have no clue what's happening. So I think that's probably why that rule was. Well, I guess it's not a rule. It's it's not what Roar does, but it's what the Reedy Race does for dual A mains. Yeah, and you it's know, an it, option it on sense. the lifetime program. I mean, it's a literal option. You check a box. So. So I apologize for the echoing. I'm trying to figure out a good position for my microphone here. Um, uh, quick mention about uh, Rob Petrick. Um, last month in Omaha, I smoked Rob. Like, he wasn't even in the same realm. This time at the Dome, he smoked me. He made the A. I mean, I ain't make the A. I, my own fault, I didn't make the A, but he made the A. And top five, he took fifth in the A, so awesome job by Rob Petrick there, huh? Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. So maybe it helped, you know, that he cut out one car out of his program too. Yeah. Two nitro vehicles and an e-buggy is just way too much. And Janelle, she's not running two-wheel drive sportsman anymore. That class... Next round, if there's not enough two-wheel drive sportsmen, it's gone. It's all going to be one sportsman class, and that's it. So, I, I'm i all for less classes anyways. That'll speed up the program. Yeah, for and deeper competition. First round of gas truck was successful. So, Eric, what, what, you, you were an outsider looking in, and what's your thought about them bringing a gas truck back? Oh, wow, yeah, I've been kind of following that uh, development on Facebook. Uh, seems like they're all the rage these days. It was kind of the uh, Gold Tub RC10 thing a couple years ago, and now it's yep. it's gas trucks. Yeah. Um, I, I love gas truck. I mean, that's what I started running Nitro with, you know, oh, we, 18 we all years did. ago or however long ago it was. And Remember it was when a great class. You could run them on the same tra- tracks as you run 10-scale electric. They didn't destroy things. The tires were yep. cheap. The engines are relative reli- relatively reliable. Um, I thought it was a great class, but... Uh, the tracks got too big. Right. And but they've shrunk back down now. They have? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like the majority of the tracks are Duluth size. Like, FTR is going to be huge. That's going to be a 38-second lapper for sure. But... Um, I think the fast of the fast guys got down to 21 second on the Motodome layout. Yep. And that's what they scale. Yeah, no, uh, I used to run gas truck with Eric a long, long time ago. We used to run it indoors in a mall. Oh, God. In a it's... mall <laughs> with a restaurant next door. <laughs> that's why we're, neither one of us will live past 60 years old. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> that combined with all the other toxic chemicals that you intake as an RC racer your whole life. Yeah. All the things that cause cancer in California that we just willingly yeah. let touch our skin and go into our lungs. Leaded solder. Yeah. CA glue, motor spray. Shock oil. <laughs> I don't know Silicone how we're even alive oil. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I'm going to start paying a kid to do all that stuff for me, so I'm not in exposure of it anymore. So, no, the nitro truck thing. I mean, it's a great class. It definitely showcases driver ability. I think even, you know, obviously the way A scale buggies are these days, it still requires a ton of talent. 
Yes. But, you know, it requires a little bit different finesse for, for a two-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, uh, you know, What's nitro vehicle. But uh, I, I got to wonder, though, you know, if the factories are going to be picking up on this at all or if they're paying attention or just, you know, what's... Kendall, is this is what? What's the end game here? I mean, I is this know. just a, a fluke hobby for everybody to build up these things, and then they're going to get sick of it, and it'll be the last you ever hear of it? Or it's either going to live or die through aiming hobbies. Because Kendall Bennett, from what I've heard, ordered a hundred chassis from Casey Wright or a hundred conversions. So it's either going to live or die by aiming. I don't think it's gonna. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of companies that have come and gone making conversions for various things and, oh, and nothing sure. ever is sustainable sure. until one of the you know the big the big companies gets on board but i yeah. don't know i mean that's people are taking notice but that doesn't put trucks on the track that's for sure and what's frustrating I, now a set of stadium truck tires cost as much as a scale buggy tires my personal feels well, it's a flash in the pan. It could be, um, or <laughs> pe- people love truck. Stadium truck needs to come back in some way, shape, or form. I don't know if it's going to be gas truck or what. I don't know, but yeah, I'm kind of the flash in the pan type deal too. Because in my series, I had that gold pan RC10 class long time ago and it started out strong and it ended with four people that was one (laughs) summer one summer it went from super popular to dead yep and and it's believe it or not parts for the original rc10 are very easy to come by now here's the here's the thing guys are spending more money on gas truck than e-buggy yeah a lot of guys are doing both. Right. But you're talking about a class that you're going to run five times. Five times in the MNRC. Yeah. Versus versus a club race, you know, there's there's a multitude of classes where you can run on a weekly basis. You know, I think the I think what we're seeing here with this class is is I've seen it so many times with other things over the last few decades where it, you know, people, they like building stuff. They, they'll spend as much money as they possibly can to make it look cool. And, you know, if they're excited about it, they'll they'll dump a bunch of money, even if it sits on the shelf. I mean, you've seen it with the, the oh, yeah. vintage classes. And I think this is just kind of an extension an extension of that vintage class mentality because, essentially, it is a vintage vehicle. I mean, it's, it's oh, old-school sure. technology. I mean, I, Casey Wright's done a great job of finding a way to meld it with some, some current technology. And I think that yep. adds to the, you know, the uniqueness of it and the – and the, maybe that drives some people to, to be even more interested in trying to make their own work. But uh, and like you say, it's just I don't see that it I don't see it being sustainable long term unless unless these companies jump on board and they start making new stuff and, and people decide that they want to run this instead of Truggy. Because I certainly don't think that there's room in the world for hardcore racers to run three nitro classes. No, no, that'd no be way. brutal. No way. So I mean, right there is your there's your I mean, <laughs> there's your nail in the coffin. I uh, mean, what, which class is going to go? I'm sure. Yeah, unless somebody wants to be a full-time mechanic. Yeah, and there are. You like, already need full-time mechanics to run two it, classes. Exactly. So it's, I mean, it's it's right. ridiculous to think that that it would, would even ever come close to being 
a premier class again, I guess. I, think. I, I was way more stressed than I thought I would be running one nitro class and one electric class. I couldn't even imagine running two two nitro classes alone without having a pit guy. No. It seems like I, got, I have to be on top of my microphone to not get the echo. All right. Um, I mean, there's a reason they run one class at the FMR Worlds, and they take it takes ten days. Yeah, it's <laughs> not by coincidence. That that is true. Um, let's see here. Should we get into? Um, well, let's see here. Dan Hammond threw a whole bunch Gosh. of questions at us. You could probably weed though through those pretty good. No, we should answer every single one of them. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. Would would you rather fight one hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? Uh, we can we talk about Rampart? <laughs> what? Oh, never mind. That's a Reddit joke. Dan will probably understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not on Reddit because those people. Well, Reddit and 4chan people scare the shit out of me. Like, so Dan, what I re- I'd rather fight uh, one horse sized duck. But who too. cares what I want to do? Joe's the fighter. Joe, what would you fight? What, which, uh, using the MMA strategy, which one of these two opponents uh, would be easiest for you to take down? Hundred, uh, actually, hundred ducks or one gigantic horse-sized duck? The, the hundred duck-sized horses because I cannot see a situation to where you could get on the back of something the size of a horse and choke it out. Or think, think about trying to arm bar something the size of a horse. That's not happening. The hundred duck-sized horses would take longer, but more doable, if that makes sense. What do you think, Shane? I think you could have a little more strategy on a one horse that is duck-sized. Oh, there's a no. hundred horses that are <laughs> duck-sized. <laughs> let me let me let me rephrase. A duck that was horse-sized. Yep. I think I think there's more strategy there to take that big guy down. Boy, 100 duck-sized horses? I don't know. Stampede. Uh, I That's think pretty I brutal. Could, I think I could take them. Oh, real quick, let's uh, throw a real one in there. Ryan Greening said, um, how about a good guy shoot-out to shout-out to Rex Welch, who um, bumped from the B to the A but sat it out to uh, Pitt Kendall. I mean, that that's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty sweet. I, I think I'd do the same for my kid. I think any dad would do the same for their kid. Maybe not my dad at this point because he's just I'm I'm an old man now and he doesn't care as much. Or <laughs> gotta see if he's competitive. Will, gotta see if Kendall's dad will adopt me. Yeah, no. I'd kidding. start running nitro again if if he'd take me on as a as a son. Oh yeah, I mean ha- ha- having a pit guy that committed is just so valuable. Um, let's see here another Hammond question. Has anyone really been far enough to use even what? That's just a jumble of words. I think this is one of those sentences that's made out of predictive text. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Sure. Um, We'll We'll give him a yeah. All right. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yes. Also asks if on-road racing is superior to off-road racing, why did you quit racing on-road, Junior? Well... I didn't quit. I just took the summer or the winter off. It's okay. It's okay to not race all the time. Exactly. I mean, I, I still race, just not on road. Um, and I only raced once a month. Joe and I have been racing since we were like 
kids. Yeah, I mean, I started. We don't, you don't need to race all the time. Yeah, I take I, a little break here and there. When did you start, way. Eric? Like ninety-two, three? Ninety-three. Yeah, I started eighty-eight. I mean, I remember Eric coming to the track, and there's he he came with um, Nick Ford and uh, whatever, and oh, Alex gosh. Hart. They it, were those were other kids at the track at the time. Yes, I, I thought they came with you. Oh no. Okay. In the eighties, I was so. wishing I had money for RC. Yeah, see, senior made it work on a shoestring budget. I mean, it, it's like I sit and think about all the equipment I had. And it's like, oh, well, I did the absolute. I mean, he gave me the absolute best he could, but it was always a generation or two behind like electronics wise or whatever but it was just fine for what we were using it 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 didn't hurt really that much being a generation behind back in those days i always thought you guys stuff was pretty dialed back then well because senior see because senior was wrenching that's why it was dialed i just want to point out to everybody out there if you know jose or senior and you're familiar with his pit box that he has that thing has been at the RC tracks in Minnesota for my entire life, I think. Since, since I remember when I was a kid seeing yeah. that thing, I was like, oh, that thing is so cool. It's all super dialed and like fresh. And yeah. it's seriously the same pit box with the same stickers on it and the same things taped to the back of it. Yep. I still have <laughs> mine. I still have mine. It's uh, in my bedroom. I'm using it as an end table type thing right now. It holds slot cars right now. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Um, more, more Hammond questions. Um, let's see. With Associated's new 12 scale, incredibly near production, do you think more local AE talent will run on-road consistently? Um, I know Eric here has been running on-road pretty consistently. Um, Shane just joined the on-road, or just joined AE, and he runs on-road very consistently in the wintertime. What do you yep. think, Eric? Do you think, uh more because there's a ton of ae drivers in minnesota just you know they don't they don't race there's a ton of ae brand ambassadors yes yes um i mean we're racing a lot right now i mean this winter it was oh for sure chris mckenzie and i were running on wednesday nights at ann I was really shocked uh, I mean, to Marshall see. Marshall Scari's at the races. Maddie Ostad, she runs 12 scale. She's there all the time. I forget she's associated. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, uh, you know, a better question is, will the 12th scale, when it comes out, hasn't publicly been announced yet. There's plenty of evidence out there on the World Wide Web to, to point to the fact that it's probably right around the corner. I think that the, the new car will probably definitely do what every other new associated or tlr or kyosho car does it'll do very well it'll it'll invigor it'll pump up the numbers of the class because people get excited when you know one of the big manufacturers come out with a new car that's the way it's always been so yeah i think uh new 12 scale probably there'll probably be lots of people that go out there and pick it up be they on the associated team or not and i expect it to do very well and i might even pick it up myself because i'm sitting there thinking and what it takes to put together a correct CRC. You know, some guys will be like, yeah, you put it together out of the kit, you're fine. Nah, yes and no. Um, You can be just as quick, but you can do a ton of little things to that car to make it easier to drive, and all you'll be left with is the front end and parts of the rear pod. (laughs) So, 
That's true. You know, although Troy, I think Troy Gubbins would would argue that point. That guy, you know, he ran a box stock car and was well, super quick. That that's just Troy. I mean, he doesn't have it in his head to spend more than the kit costs. He's always been a very um I won't even No, Troy's cheap. He's not even frugal. Troy is just a cheap, 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 cheap man. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a nice car that ain't cheap. Oh yeah, well, that size. I, I think that's the only thing in his life he spent money on. Because before that, he had. Um, or is it? Or or is it that Troy is the only one of us idiots that actually has priorities that a human being can respect? That could be too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking. The rest of us waste all kinds of money on model cars. Well, yeah, I'm thinking how how am I going to juggle bills and get three brand new sets of tires for my e-buggy for Duluth in time. <laughs> that, that's like my thought. My, my thought shouldn't even be like that at all. My thought should be pay the bills, put some into savings, and then screw the e-buggy for a round. That's tough. Yeah. That's a that's a super tough pill to swallow. It is. But, um, yeah, that uh, E12 scale, I heard it looks good, but I heard... Um, if you're not an experienced wrench, you could wrench yourself out of a good setup. I mean, I think that's true with any 12th scale. I mean, those, just that pan card, you know, platform in general is just the most finicky thing imaginable. Oh, so for sure. I, I mean, I don't think at this point anybody can say one way or the other what the car will be like. Because, I mean, the only people that have seen it are the guys at the factory and the guys that have it and maybe some people that have looked over the shoulder of those guys at some big races but uh yeah i mean i think it's uh it's been in development a long time obviously their last car was you know released what five years ago or so something like that i I had the point too i actually bought it from chris mckenzie he ran it one time and i liked that car but it's like everything kind of surpassed it Aaron Bonner kind of kept it alive with his chassis, along with a lot of other companies making the aftermarket stuff for it. But, uh, yeah, it's been time for a while now. And, I mean, the the on-road scene is evolving a lot uh, in the last couple of years with the advent of this new CRC carpet. That's completely been a game-changer for every th- everybody and every platform and every chassis. Oh, and for sure. Everybody started Tires from- are different. So, I mean, I think now is a good time to refresh the car, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, Bob Stelflu, he's the, the on-road designer there associated. He's a super smart guy, and, you know, he designed that RC10 F6 as well, I think, and... That looks pretty great. I think they it, probably expect a lot of those same features to be carried over. A lot of people are saying, and it looks great. But if you uh, listen to my first podcast, um, that F one car is a little bit frustrating to me. <laughs> okay, why? I, I I think it looks so cool. I'm oh, gonna buy one. I don't know if, for I, sure, if I'll for race sure. it, but I'm gonna put one on my oh, shelf sure. anyway. As things are rad. But it's just um, the order they release things, and that's why it's frustrating. Because their touring car. Since the TC5, they've been keeping it updated and keeping it on point. The touring car has always been pretty much on point. Um, but they released an F1 car before a 12 scale. Well, I mean, you have to remember, they're they're trying to make money too. You know, mm. they're not trying to appease us. They're trying to no, they're trying to sell things. And that F1 car, I bet they'll sell that thing no, hand they over fist over the top of a 12 scale. 
No, I bet won't. they've already sold more of those things right now than they've sold 12 scales in the last year. I disagree. Well, m- maybe the amount Ooh. of old 12 scales they sold. Think about how many people buy 12 scales in this world. I mean, only people that are out of track racing. That That's true. You know, Indoors. I, I never thought of it as a basher vehicle. I never think of things without suspension as basher vehicles. Um, but I, I did the numbers, and God, what was it? They're at big races. It's three or four times more 12 scales than F1 cars. I think only at the Snowbirds uh, F1 broke 20 cars, and that's why I was wondering. It's like, so, uh, okay. are you paying attention? I mean, even even if you take you know the historical entry counts for races that have already happened into consideration, you still have to look at things. You know, if that happened, there would never have been short course trucks. There would have never been a T Max. There, if nobody ever had any foresight into what people might want, then nothing would ever get invented. I think Associated's uh, probably looking at this as like, okay, here's. Uh, a pretty realistic looking vehicle that we can create and if we do a good job of it we have the foothold in this country and around the around the world to be able to market it and push it out to people and actually get this class you know put some legs under this class and it could potentially grow into something like a short course or a vta or something that has a lot of popularity and at a at a point that's a lot easier for people to get into you know a car with rubber tires you don't need to true them you can just buy them and throw them on. It's very much like a VTA in that regard, so it's very accessible to people. And it looks like a real car, and people love that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and they look cool. They, they do look cool, and they look cool going around the track. But, man, they look hard to drive. And I kind of wonder if the Team Associated Engineering kind of made it a better car than the X-Ray and the CRC and whatever else that's out there. Um. It uses the same tires as a WGTR, doesn't it, Shane? Yes. See, those tires aren't terrible. I think it's just a wheelbase of them because I've driven a couple very, very, very good WGTRs. Or could it be I the think... power being put put into them? Because a WGTR is a 1S car, and depending on where you go, F1 is either 2S24, Five five or one one S twenty one five. I think they're mostly twenty five five two S. Yeah, I, you might be putting a little too much uh, power on those tires. I don't know. It's it's just a thought. I I could be way wrong. I think the class is you know it's in its infancy. I mean, just a couple of years ago, I remember when I was at IIC a few years back uh, with Live RC, seeing kind of the first rendition of this yes. of this new era of formula one i mean formula one rc cars have been around forever do you remember, remember that dewey's i don't remember it there i remember uh alex Oftili, winton's kid had yep. a, had an f1 car at one point and yep. now we're really just getting away from anybody that's listening now has no idea what we're talking about yeah. anyways i mean these cars have been around forever but i think this this new uh era that we're in i remember at iic like mark reinhardt had they they ran these to me, uh, ready to run F1 cars in this kind of exhibition class that Scotty had, and okay. they were just garbage. It was <laughs> it was comical watching these because like they gave Reiner one, I think uh, you know Nato had one or something, yep. and, and they great, were driving around and they were just they were laughing on the driver's side because they were so <laughs> stupid. These cars were just junk. 
<laughs> so, I mean, this is only, you know, three, four, five years ago. Yeah. And so, already uh, we've seen the cl- now all of a sudden there's five cars that, you know, exist that you can buy. and That are quality. The, you know, the tires are going to continue evolving. And, and I think, you know, depending on how people receive this associated car, it's, you know, it could be anything in a year from now. Yeah. Well, they come out with some new tires that become the standard that are, are hooked up. I mean, watch out. The thing, yeah. It might be, you know, uh, I, I think there's a lot of potential because, honestly, I think when you look at classes for on-road that, that are good for the sport, yep. as much as everyone in this state loves 12 scale, I'm not here to bash, bash 12 scale. Yeah, yeah. But you got you to gotta have a tire truer and you got to true tires. And on top of that, you got to true them to the right size and you got to put glue on them and you got to treat them this way and that way. And yep. if you want to be fast, you got to buy new tires every round. That's just such a huge barrier. That's it a is. barrier to me. It is. And I know what I'm doing and yeah. I've been around a long time. The- Imagine somebody that. You know, is coming in off the street trying to figure this out. Well, what's frustrating is when you go to the track and you see guys working two tire truers and you have like none, and you're trying to, you know, you have there. There are a couple guys working tire truers. They have one set for the rear, one set for the front, and they're the auto huddy ones. Well, there's eight hundred dollars right there. Yeah, and I mean, you don't need that, but it's, you, it's no, still, you don't. It's, it's an it's intimidating to it somebody is, coming sure. in that doesn't know what they're doing and you know may not have even realized they needed a tire truer and they're just bolting on you know <laughs> tires yeah. out of a box that are you know full rip size and and John, show up at the track they probably feel completely stupid. But Shane doesn't John Weeda call those chocolate donuts? <laughs> he does. Yep, he does. God, I mean, we ran those back in the day. It's John you know Peck. it's 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 a tough class because we had a couple guys that that tried to join the class with us yep. um, in November and by December they were gone. Uh, I have a funny story about that, but in a second, but um, John Peck, he used to take tires out of the box, never put them on the tour. And this was up until 2015, 2016. He finally had to start truing them because of the new carpet. And he was, he was pretty frugal himself. I'm like, dude, I will buy you two sets of tires and true them down for you, you know, because I've known John Peck forever. And this was at one of the, what's the Genesis race in November? What's that? Midwest. Midwest. Championships. It was there. It's like, no, I don't have any interest. He goes, you guys are wasting so much money. He goes, I won't have, like, wasted money on my car. And he's up in the top three. It was insane. Wow. Yeah. Joe, do you remember back in the day when you'd have to go walk around the track and look for the gigantic chunk yes. of foam that came out of your tire? And then you'd go back. And for me, it was every <laughs> run. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and you go back, you'd glue it into the tire and then run it. Remember when tire truers were meant to true a tire that had yeah. become not true from running yes. on the track? Yes. Not, not <laughs> that just was, a... That's the, the, the genesis of the name tire truer means yes. that you make it straight again. Did, did you ever watch Jeff Brewstead? I, uh, he was sponsored by Paragon at the time. And he used to get these jagged blocks of foam with the rim in the center. And he put that on the tire truer and trued it round. <laughs> and he trued those to like a 49, 48 millimeter around there. And he'd run, but it was just a giant, jagged block of foam with the rim glued in the center of it. And Paragon would, like, hand him these Tessies out and just throw foam at the guy. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, actually, uh, Jeff is going to come on next week or the week after. 
it's gonna be just him and I because we're it's gonna be the history of um, Minnesota RC racing. He he just kind of wants to tell his version of it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I want to tell my version for, of it. Sometimes. You know, for a lot of those guys. That well, maybe are, you that haven't been there. around a long time. Well, yeah, that that's why I'm like, yeah, I, I was thinking about having you sit in on it, Shane. But I mean, you could sit in on it, no problem. But it'd be kind of boring for you because you've only been doing it for three, four years. Maybe there can be a history of Minnesota RC podcast, and we can just sit around and relive the old days, and you know, yeah. not have any listeners whatsoever. Oh, um, our, it's funny. It's like I, I look at the listeners from around the world, and like eighty percent of them are from Minnesota, and then the rest is from around the states. And then I'll have like one in Russia, and like one in Comrade. India. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool to see where you're getting your downloads from. That's pretty neat. Shout out to all of our Russian listeners right now. Yes. Um, God, so, um, you, you were talking, Eric, about, um, stock motors a while ago and, um, what, what it takes to be competitive. And uh, I've had my own thoughts on this myself, but, um, well, I, is the $150 price tag a little frustrating to you also? You know, I don't even mind that aspect of things. What, frustrates a person is that people are out there wanting to race and they're spending all sorts you know thousands of dollars on their equipment to try to race this season and they, they can't even get the motors which okay i get it you know like you create a, a really awesome product it takes more effort to create this product you can't For produce sure. as many of them but we shouldn't be allowing that to even happen i think you know and if roar exists to, to better the sport and better it for the people out there that are are going to these races and, and trying to do this, then they should step up and make some sort of rule that makes it so, you know, we're not getting the, to get a competitive motor. There's only, you know, 600 of them that exist in the country yeah, per that's season. A like, frustrating. How, how can, how, how is that good for the sport? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, take anything away from, you know, Paul Lemieux at motive and, and uh, John at team scream. Those guys, you know, they, they found a way to make their motors awesome, and kudos to them. That's that's definitely part of racing, and there's going to be guys with that counter-argument that, oh, it's you know it's always been about trying to make your motor faster and whatnot. But in this day and age when you, you can't, you know, tweak your springs and brushes and, and all that, and you basically got to buy something out of, out of a box and put it in, and if it's not, you know, if it's not on par with what the top guys have, you're, you're out, and... And you can't just go into a hobby shop and buy one of these things this year. It's it's they've been impossible to find, and I just think that's, I don't think there's anything healthy about that whatsoever. Uh, I don't, you know, you know what I um, dislike the most when brushless came out when the when the stock motors came out, you could adjust the timing. That screws up so much. I right. I think. I, I think the timing yeah, should be locked. Yeah, and you see, you know, Ernie is trying to, he's always been trying to push, you know, yeah. there, spec motors since the beginning of his existence. There's That's also basically, a hobby wing one, He's too. built his entire fortune on, you know, pushing spec motors on people. But I think, you know, in this particular instance in 2017, like, I'd welcome it. You know, I think that it's it's what, I think it's what stock racing needs right now. We need to bring it back to some sort of. You know, one point of origination for everything. I mean, that yes. that screws a lot of small companies out of out of money. But for the health of the sport, I mean, 
we got these these random Skeletor motors that have basically no can and all sorts of weird things done to the magnets and rotors and I mean what what's stock about that? That sounds stock. like the antithesis of stock. Well, you know, I think there's a difference between stock and spec. You know what I mean? Yes, yes and no. Um, Maybe today, but stock initially, I mean, that yes. term was interchangeable with spec because everything sure. was the same. I mean, yes. you had rebadged motors from different small companies, but they all originated from Yokomo. Or, yeah. you know, they all came from Japan. And yes. then Ernie got them in America and sold them to different companies, and they put their sticker on them and, you know, put their springs and brushes on them, and then that was it. And they all have, were pretty much on, you know, capable of the same output. Yep. And the the speed of a seventeen five is pretty insane. I mean, the the cars and the tires handle them better now, but I, I'm I'm just sitting there thinking about the speed of a seventeen five now compared to right when we turned to brushless. I would say the speed of seventeen five now is more the speed of a mild modified back ten twelve years ago. Oh yeah. I, I run, you know, 17.5 touring car now on this black carpet, and it feels closer to running mod sedan with foam tires, you yeah. know, 15 years ago. For sure. Yeah. There's more traction. There's more speed. Yeah. I'm, I, I heard on your previous podcast you were talking about how, you know, they're talking about knocking the, the – the stock class back to 21.5 or 25.5 and i you know i i think they already did that in denver for the most recent race there last week and yep. they run 21.5 as the air quotes stock class and, and then 17.5 becomes like the the boosted 13.5 yep. class or whatever you want to call it <laughs> i just scared the hell out of the cat <laughs> um yeah no they they should really It'll be interesting to see what happens next year because now you got—I mean, now you got all these people that have have you know well, given up, given an arm and a leg for these motors that you can't get. And yeah, now you, what, what's well, going to happen to them next year? Well, gonna I was going to say you got you guys are associated sponsor guys. I'm sure Reedy also. So I really don't. Um, I I don't want to sound too dickish about this, but really the past season and a half there's only been one motor and it's a team scream one percent whatever latest version he has you're not keeping up with the reedy you're not keeping up with the motive you're not keeping up with the trinity maybe the tippy top guys they get those special motors that only they can get that barely pass tech some of them don't pass tech um some people have been busted cheating um a couple winners ago they got busted a lot um so yeah it's just if you're not team scream man you're you're not in it and like you said eric what if um sonic comes out with their version foot reedy comes out with their sonic 4 and it's better than that team scream and when the sonic 3 the sonic 3 was a hot motor for about two months and there's always going to be hot motors. No, I mean, the, yeah, but the Reedy motor works just fine now, too. It's just, you know, there's everybody's got to have, you know, the, the flavor of the week. There's always a flavor of the week. And I think this particular season, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. The, the, yeah. You look at the track. The cars are like, it's like not even stock. It's, no, it's not a completely even close. different ballgame. Yeah. To sit here and try to say otherwise would just be dumb. Yeah. Um, but that, that Reedy stock, the Reedy Sonic 3, 
I remember that was a hot motor to get for a couple months and you couldn't get it. it it was the same situation and i thought with a bigger company like reedy they would have the stock but when it was deemed a hot motor they're all gone now and that's i mean that's just what happens when there's there's a continual evolution of technology with motors and and you know if, if we were able to somehow scale that back and make things a little more uh you know rigid and locked in with a some sort of spec motor that that may help some of those issues. It may not. I don't know. It's that's why everyone should just run modified. Yeah, <laughs> that's a touchy subject. I, Supply and no, demand. It it's not touchy at all. Yeah, yeah. The only thing touchy about it is your trigger finger. And, and again, though, it's not like when we were kids. I mean, it it always went from novice to stock to modified. But and again, way 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 different animal back then. So. I, you know, I could go on. I could probably fill a three-hour time slot here about why I think everyone should run modified. Okay, and, go for it. No, I, I, no. <laughs> Everybody's entitled to like what they want. and Everybody has, you know, their own deal and what yeah. they like. But for my own selfish reasons, I wish we'd go back to running modified. I mean, it's it takes a lot of wild cards out of the equation. I mean, oh, for sure. I think that any racing is, is – I think it's funner when, you, you know, the – you can't put all of the power you have available to you to the track because then it then it comes down to you not whether you're not your motor's fast enough it's whether or not you can control the motor you have better than the other guy so i I just personally think that's that's more intriguing to me and i guess you know i've i've been running mod since since i was a kid basically and it's like for me stock racing is just i like to use the throttle yeah (laughs) you know it's like it's like, learning how, it's like learning how to paint and, you know, taking, you know, decades out of your life painting with a paintbrush and learning, like, the fine intricacies of, of different weights of, of paintbrush and, and how to, you know, move the, the brush across the canvas. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, you got to go back to finger painting now. But you could still create art and it's still probably fun. But for yep. somebody who spent, you know, a majority of their life learning how to use a paintbrush, it's just kind of like a huge anticlimactic way to, to finish things off. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of agree. So, so what would be the mod class to run? You mean... What chassis? That, what chassis? Well, You're I, talking pan car, touring all, car? All of the above, I mean... Yeah, back in the day, there used to be modified, stacked modified classes for both 12-scale sedan, buggy, truck, whatever. I mean, yeah... It, I think that these the way that these ridiculous 17.5 motors are nowadays has probably contributed to the fact that we don't have a modified class anymore because it has kind that of be. you know slotted itself into the, uh, a higher uh, speed range than than stock racing has traditionally been. I'd say stock racing with with the you know voltage equivalent of a 2s battery was probably more on par with a 1s 17.5 than it is yeah. you know. That that's sure. that's kind of the way uh, you know a two S voltage stock motor used to be. It, it would it would be really flat like that. You could drive around punch whether you're running twelve scale or, or you know two wheel drive off road. And so to get beyond that to actually have to modulate the throttle, you would need to run modified. And I think that probably led to a lot more people running modified in the past. Now you don't need that. Yeah. I mean you can you know for two S classes you can. You can definitely, you know, it definitely requires a good throttle finger for a 17.5 motor. So 
I can see it both ways, but... Just... I, I'm not allowed to do touring car anymore anyways, so uh, <laughs> I, I lost a lot of money in one weekend on that. But um, did you watch the modified touring car video from uh, Denver, Eric? Yes, I did. It looked fun, but it also looked very frightening. Uh, it looked awesome. It looked like one tap and the car would explode. No. I mean, they were pros driving them. And, uh, th- they looked fantastic driving them. The cars looked very nice. I don't know. I, You know, I, I ordered up a 4.5 for my touring car. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's, I'm, I'm planning on going down to Marshall tomorrow to run some practice at Genesis. So gotcha. I'm, I'm bolting that thing in. So, Regardless some, of how dumb pe- like Kevin Van Earth thinks I am for wanting to run modified. Oh, he but. thinks everybody's dumb for stuff all the time. I, I, I get it all day, every day. Say my first rodeo, I've driven over powered cars before. They're fun. I think everyone should yeah. give it a try. Yeah. It can be scary. You know, you see a car that's just spinning its tires all over the place aimed at a wall. You know, <laughs> got to back off. Blow it off the track. All is good. Do you think... Um, Don't pull the triggers hard. Simple as that. Do you think that... Um, crappy-ass documentary carpet racers uh, might have hurt Modified On-Road a little bit. Nobody watches that stuff. But it, it was actually on the document. There used to be a documentary channel on DirecTV, and it was in their rotation for like four months. It was on every single day. So. Well, if people watch it, I don't think that that would play any role in someone's decision to run Modified or not. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but you watch a newbie guy take uh, that that beautiful Schumacher touring car and put it through a board. Literally put it through a board. <laughs> Oof. So. I mean, modified is not for anybody that's starting out. I mean, oh, right. one, two, or three years into the sport. It's Don't get me wrong. I don't think that we should abandon stock racing and everybody no. start running modified. I just I'm a little disappointed that there's not more modified racing, especially with, you know, how highly touted everybody likes to think everything is around here, but you know, okay, let's yeah. let's step it up to that world level, you know. Oh, for sure. I, Not I, even world level; that's national level stuff. I, I've always thought, at least on the off-road side, that um, sponsor drivers should be running modified. I mean, I've always thought that if if you're sponsored, you should be running modified, and I mean, if you're cleaning up on stock, you should be running modified. But also, though, I've noticed there, there's been this argument in off-road also. And the lap times between modified and stock are maybe a tenth, maybe two apart, two tenths apart between stock and modified. You can only put so much power down on the track. And, uh, I mean, maybe they're not ut- utilizing a modified motor correctly, too. That could be. Yeah, you know, I've heard that argument with uh, touring car as well. And you know, oh well, while you're unmodified, it's only two tenths slower, you know, per la- or two or two, two tenths. tenths faster per lap. And uh, I mean, okay, <laughs> my smile is two times bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, two tenths on over the t- over the course of an on-road lap, like yeah, that's, that's not that's not much different from the way it's always been. You extrapolate that out to like a twenty twenty-five second on-road or off-road lap. Yeah. And you're talking, you know, three quarters of a second. That's that's pretty much what it's always been. Yeah, There's nothing new there. 
Yeah. You're not don't stop the presses. That's about what it's always been. Yeah. You're talking about a 10 second lap though. I mean, yeah, it's there's not that much room to be made up with a modified motor. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean there there is definitely good arguments to run modified. Um what I think that needs to happen is like you and Chris McKenzie and Dan Hammond and other good drivers need to put on a good show for everybody that they want to also join in on. I I also think that's how VTA gained traction around, I mean, way opposite classes, way opposite. But um, VTA started out with me, Andrew Mowry. Andrew Mowry started pushing his Andrew Mowry, me, my dad, and like two other people. And we put on massive battles and we made them look fun to drive i apologize they are not fun to drive (laughs) and all that stuff but but we made it look fun and i think that's what you guys need to do is get a get a significant group of you and make it look fun yeah i mean i'm not claiming that the modified classes have ever had like a ton of entries because they haven't (laughs) i mean yeah stock racing is off-road too i mean it's that not many people run it. It's not for everybody. But yeah. I, my frustration comes in that there's nothing. It's not offered. Like, nobody runs it. I mean, even the top guys aren't requesting it or wanting wanting it enough for it to exist. And I guess that's that's what yeah. kind of frustrates me. But, you know, it's the, the, the flip side of that is that there's super healthy stock classes that are super deep, deeper than at any point in time, you know, in the oh, history of sure. RC in this area. So, I mean... God, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, yeah, I'm I'm up here blabbing away about how it should be modified, but I mean, look at what look at what we got here. It's it's clearly working. So I'm stupid. I should shut up. No, I I, I I'm just selfish, a, and I want my modified motor. No, I kind of agree with you, but I also think at the same time, stock needs to be drastically slowed down. Yeah, I and I agree with that too. I mean, it's, there needs to be more of a separation, at least with the two S classes. I mean, I don't think there's. I don't think there's any slowing down these to happen with a with a seventeen five twelve scale. Those things are yeah. basically stuck in the carpet as it is. But I, I try some to, of these other stock classes absolutely slow I, them down for, for people. I tried that pro light gig for a summer before Andrew required those silly bodies and pro light was only twelve scale class offered. You mean the McLaren class? Yeah. Oh I it it was boring. It's like I almost took a nap when my car was going down the straightaway. But for some guys, it's a blast. Um, but there, there has been a rumor going around that um, Roar is going to make stock sedan twenty-one five. Yeah. And if Roar does that, I know Maori's going to follow, follow suit because he's pretty stuck on the Roar rules. So he, he's also no, been. I don't know. I mean, he's got that VTA class. I don't know if that's. That's Roar rules or not? It, I think he it, runs out uh, kind of differently than. It is. There, there are Roar rules. I don't know. If Roar, does Roar even have VTA rules? They, I, they they do. I don't know enough about VTA to comment. I guess. <sighs> there there's the Roar VTA rules, and then there's the US VTA rules, and then Andrew. Andrew's rules offshoots off of one of those because because there's a second option for those. And that's where that comes from. Either way, man. VTA is a fantastic class for beginners, but if you're a driver, man, it's I I really don't I don't enjoy it. I had a really dialed car 
my last one I had, and it like made it too easy. And it's like, screw this, I'm done. So, um, hey, I just want to go fast. Yeah, for sure. And if if VTA is not fast, I'm not going to race it. I th- isn't spec truck a tick faster than VTA? It is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the the oldest class ran at LSRCC with brushed motors is faster than VTA. The I did end. that one, one and done. Yep. Oh, for sure, it, it is a one and done class for you if you're using a rental. I would, I'd never buy one at this point. No. Nope. Um. No, you know we're 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 talking stock versus modified. You know at LSRCC. Yep. Every off-road class we do is open class. Yep. Some guys will run a 17.5 motor in a buggy. Yep. Other guys will run a 13.5 or a 10.5. Well, just depends on their comfort level. Yep. Uh, another thing, though, do you also notice with the increase of stock that the popularity popularity of e-buggy has gone up? Because that does give you a ton of power that you really have to throttle. Have you had an e-buggy yet, Eric? Uh, I have not. I've, I've had one uh, in the shopping cart online uh, <laughs> numerous times. I believe there's one sitting there right now even. Oh, yes. But I have thus far been too scared to pull the trigger on I, that purchase. I, I, I know it's you, awesome. It is. I know, I know you I don't love want it. Yeah. I, I like mine. I, I was going to switch it into I have everything to switch my e-buggy into a nitro buggy. But I, I waited it out. I made some changes to the car, and my car is now working fantastic. It, it's so fun. It is just a blast. Um, I know you don't want to spend weekends, but you could always zip up to Duluth on a Thursday, or go to Rick's on a Saturday, or yeah, you know, I've I'm very close to just buying an e-buggy and an A-scale nitro car again. I thought I would never do that again, but yeah. Well, I, I keep I, seeing you guys having all kinds of fun on Facebook, and I yeah. Figure, well. Well, we, maybe I can we get Rex Walsh to adopt me, and I'll just, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, last time was it the last time you drove a nitro buggy like at Tees in Rochester back in like 2011? I think my last race was at the Moto Dome. Okay. It was one of one of many awesome similar experiences that I had running nitro. Is that I would rent a hotel. Yep. Hang out all day Sunday, waiting to race, and then something breaks on the warm-up lap. <laughs> and then I gotta go home. <laughs> that was before e-buggy was really popular, though. So I oh, think yeah. e-buggy might soften some of that, you know, some of the blow of sitting around waiting for your it race, does. only to have some weird mechanical gremlin. It does. It seemed like the harder I worked on my cars to make them reliable, the more they were unreliable. Yeah, I understand that one. Um, yeah, no, the the e-buggy, e-buggy class, like, came on strong in, like, 2010, totally died. It was totally dead by, like, 2013, 2014, and then, like, started to get rebuilt because the cars and the electronics are getting so much better now. Um, back when it first started, the cars were like a light switch. Now the speed controls actually are very smooth. They... The curves are very nice. They're very adjustable. Um, it, it, it is a big... It, it's just like a um, B64, but bigger. Uh, it, it drives like a 10-scale four-wheel drive buggy, but bigger and faster. So... Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're a lot of fun. You know, I last year, I think I ran my throttle probably... 
85 to 95 percent. You you turn your throttle down? Do you think I should yep. do that? <laughs> it helps. It okay. helps. Now this year at the dome, 100 yeah. percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you also had um, a little bit better equipment, better motor, better speed controller. So, yeah, reliability is key. Yep. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. I I personally have one one more little rant myself. Um, go 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 go. <laughs> All right. So, hold, hold on one second. Wait wait wait, Eric. Um, I got a question for you. An hour ago. Did my wife leave to go get milk? Uh-oh. She she hasn't been back yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she heard you talking okay. about buying buggy tires. Oh god. That I think that's why I <laughs> she mentioned. She decided it. not to come back. Yeah. She's looking for a murder weapon right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean three sets of buggy tires, that's two hundred dollars. But uh anyways. So I listen to all kinds of RC podcasts. I listen to Radio Impulse podcast. It you always still do that. Yeah, yeah. I tried listening to one of those uh, a few months back, and it was like, what? It Is this starts even a thing anymore. Out, like, it doesn't even seem like anyone cares. It starts out so slow, but there's always one or two stories Rona tells. Like I think of the last one he told a story about um, how he acquired Bigfoot Four. Jason Rona now owns Bigfoot 4. Really? Yeah. I know he's hardcore in Bigfoot. Oh, he's hardcore. I know he actually owned one. Yeah, he ju- he bought it a few years back, and he's slowly been restoring it to its full glory, and then he's going to do a lot of marketing with it. He's like, some guys buy a boat, I bought Bigfoot 4. So. Brad. Yeah. Um, but there's all, and then. I listen to the TSR podcast with Tim Smith, and there's a guy from the MBM podcast on that one. And Tim Smith, his excitement for drag racing makes me want to do it. I, I, I've never had the want to drag race before until I listen to the guy talk about it. There's Like real drag racing or RC, RC drag car. racing? Like the amount of work he puts in the car for a 1.7 second run is freaking bananas and it, it just makes me want to do it but then so well we, we all know jq he, he he likes to he likes to uh run his mouth a little bit he likes to keep it real he keeps it every, everybody says jq is me with an rc car company <laughs> He likes to stir the pot. Yeah. But but I don't know. Have, have you ever noticed him really to, like, lie about things or say anything? He, he says things that piss people off, but I, want, I wouldn't call it slanderous, would you? Uh, it seems to me that he tries to go off of facts. They might not be favorable to somebody, so, but I, mean, I, don't the, think he, I don't think he makes things up. Here's the thing about those guys and all the people that he comments on all the time. I mean, it's a traveling circus, the RC, you know, pro tour, essentially. And oh, everybody sure. knows each other. Everybody's at the bar together. Everybody's at the hotel together. Everybody's spending 15 hours a day at the Nitro Challenge together and not with their families. I mean, 
these guys all know each other. They know where the limits are. They know when whose buttons they can push. Yeah. And he's not doing anything other than just. I mean, he talks about some people he doesn't know. I'm sure, but. But, it's. I think to well, the outs, outside world, it might look a little shocking for him to be like you know savagely ripping on so and so or well, this did and you that. Know, but I mean, but like he tells things how it is. Like, did you know a couple months ago Ryan Cavalieri was suspended from Team Associated? I've read that online numerous places. But it took JQ. I think JQ wrote it in one of his blogs first because he write, tries to write a blog every day. And it's like people said he was on vacation, and JQ was like, no, no. <laughs> Team is so. But there's that. And then the latest thing was the Ty Tessman deal, which, another side note, I got to get off the rails for a second. One of the most sickening things I've seen in most of RC racing is the grown men. Yes, yes, yes. The grown men who are <laughs> fans. Of these young kids and fans, whatever. You know, there, there's some fandom. I get it. I, I like watching races on Live RC and rooting for a guy. But these grown men look up to Ty Tessman. What the hell is wrong with your life that you are looking up to a pro RC car driver? Are, are you doing meth? Are you you a severe alcoholic about to go into... Why are you looking up to people who... They just want to be a part of it, man. They want to ride the wave of success. I know. They want to. They want to tie to see their comment. They want to see that you know they're supportive. It it kills me so much. Yeah, it's like they want to be the guy's best friend, and this isn't against the pros at all. This is not their fault, not one bit. I mean, I'm sure. Ty and Gord see some of those ass-kiss comments, and they're like, it's just weird and creepy and sad. Who's this dude? Oh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> you, you go look under, like, a pro, like uh, when um, Ty wrote the, I ran another competitor's tires, and I apologize. And from what I have heard after everything's said and done, that wasn't only Ty's call, but that was X-Ray's call. Hold on, if we want to, I could go on and on about that situation too. First of all, he did not need to apologize. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Right. And second of all, for the history of RC racing, this has been happening. People run tires that are from a different manufacturer all the time. You're right. And I think I think the reason JQ made such a big deal out of it was because five days prior, the Proline team manager says, if you are caught running another tire, you are absolutely done. Obviously, Tessman is not going to be done. With I think he probably would prefer that Ty Tessman wins the race and then bolts on some Proline tires for the press photo after the fact, just right. like every other top-level RC racer has done since the beginning of time. And, the, and then Proline photoshops a picture. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you guys ever noticed that when um, a non-Proline guy's on the podium, he'll they'll photoshop out the AKA or J concepts? I mean, it's been done for a long time. I just I don't, I don't pay enough attention to the press photos. I guess to know. Uh, well, I do when there's like a big black bar missing on there. Bad Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. It's like they they could have like shrunk down and closed in everything and made it look like they're. But no, it's just bad Photoshop. That's how you notice it. <laughs> but no, yeah. But all the all these guys who are just such fa- like when he wrote that thing about um, not running Proline tires, it was like, 
oh, God forgives you and so do I. You're still my... There were grown men writing things like you're still my number one type stuff. That's just plain old weird. Ooh. Plain old weird. So I, I think don't care I, who we are. I, th- I think I'm going to get my son into jiu-jitsu instead of RC racing on that very slim 1% chance he becomes pro at anything. <laughs> <laughs> they pay good uh, in the jiu-jitsu professional league? Um, yeah, it, it depends. If you do well in Abu Dhabi and other giant tournaments, it can. Um, Back to the Thai Testament yeah. tire thing. I just <laughs> want to say that if they would have just not said anything, oh, it would have been, been, been a baby. non-story. Yeah, JQ would have just been a JQ rant. He made the whole thing happen because he posted that apology. Yeah, well, the... the not uh, very good PR. Why, why I'm breaking this up? It went on for up. about two weeks. Yeah. It's still kind of going on in this well, little thing I'm yeah, going to Aaron talk Waldron about. wrote an article about it, and that kind of seemed to stoke the fire a little bit. Yeah. Um, I could go on and on about Aaron Waldron, too, but I'm not going to. Um, but, so, these guys from this podcast called The Loop is, Loop is Live. Jesus, how many podcasts are there? Too many. Do you know Ran Out no, of Tail? I think the question is, how many do you do listen to, Junior? Uh, about 25. <laughs> Literally. I'm going to create a podcast that just reviews RC podcasts. <laughs> I, I listen to it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have no choice. Do you know Ran Out of Talent was number two behind um, Radio Impound? And then we just stopped for quite a few years. But anyways... So there's there's a podcast called The Loop Is Live, and creative names. Yeah, yeah. It's like they just thought about it for three seconds and went through the lexicon of RC racing and picked the first thing they thought of, and that was good enough. I I wanted to call this one um like I forget what I wanted to call it, but it was such an old school reference nobody would have ever gotten it, except like old school guys like you and I, Eric. So well now I know now I want to know what you thought. I've, I I think it had something to do with either four row tires or X patterns or something silly like that. I I don't remember exactly. Hmm. But anyways, this the, this Loop is Live podcast. I tune in because they do an interview with JQ. I'm like, I, I like and I hate JQ. Like he made some anti-American. Some people looked at it as anti-American comments, and he did that whole GoFundMe thing to hire a pro driver. I didn't like those things, but I like a lot of the blogs he comes out with. And he's he's not manufacturing his own car. Don't get it wrong. Nobody's manufacturing their own cars. That's all coming from Vietnam, Taiwan, and China. China's becoming too expensive, so it's Taiwan and Vietnam. Um. But he's designing his own car and making his car better and all that. But so these guys, Loop is Live, have him on after the whole um, Ty Tesman deal running J-Con tires. And they're like literally asking questions like, why are you such a dick all the time? Literally questions like that. And then they'd ask him a question. He'd get two words out. Then the other one would ask him a question, not let him finish his thought. And then it's like, I listened to like 15 minutes of the, it's like he got double Bill O'Reilly's on him. Two Bill O'Reilly's on him in one shot. Why even have him on the show? That's why I said. 
So then there's a follow-up episode. I think it was earlier this week. I was expecting to uh, to hear Ran Out of Talent's name on there because I, I ripped on him pretty bad because it was awful. I couldn't not help but to rip on him. So they go on a 45-minute tirade about JQ as a driver and a person and all that. I'm like, oh, that, that's pretty trashy, but okay. And then the tribal tattoo guy goes, hey, I got this nude photo of JQ doing the wild bill tuck. If you send me your email address, I'll send you this nude photo of JQ. I'm like, that, 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 that's not legal. That's classy. <laughs> that, that, that's highly illegal. I, I believe that might fall under the revenge porn laws. I mean, that, that crossed up. I'm not a huge, if you know me, you know I'm a pretty skewed person. But that even crossed my ethical lines. God, the complex of things you just spoke about is just mind-blowing to me. <laughs> like there's a, something about a tuck and a, a tribal tattoo guy. What? Oh, okay, so, so JQ. I, don't, I, 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 I get it. I, know, I guess, but my I, God. I guess JQ did a picture of where, you know, the movie yeah. Silence of the Lambs, where Wild Bill tucked his junk in between his legs during the song Wild Horses. You can YouTube this scene. It's one of the most famous cinematic scenes in history. And I guess there's a picture of this. And he's he's like, listen here, fellers. Because really deep southern accents. He's like, I got this picture. And if you want it, I'll email it to you. Like, Kind of like, why, why would you do that? You are breaking the law. And then after that, he goes on another rant about JQ. And then he's like, yeah, you moved back. He, he goes, you got deported, JQ. And which he didn't. He just moved back to Finland. He goes, you stay over there in Europe because this is America and you don't belong. And I'm like, maybe this is like a funny parody thing happening. But it wasn't. There was no sarcasm at all. And then the dude started going off in some story about how back back in the day when Traxxas sponsored monster truck drivers to drive their Revos, or their RC, they sponsored RC drivers to race their Revos because before Truggy class became popular, monster trucks were popular, so Traxxas would sponsor people. And he was talking about how he got dropped from Traxxas because he got in a dude's face and was I was going to kick his ass and RC car action got pictures of me and I got dropped from Traxxas right then. It's like that that whole statement just says a world. I'm so lost right now. Hey, how about the Thunderdome? (laughs) Oh my god. What are your thoughts on the Thunderdome? (laughs) I'm actually more I'm more distracted by the cat that's hungry. No, There's it, a cat here too. Can you tell him that I'm allergic to him and that he will make me die if he comes watch closer? Watch out! Watch out! Oh okay. gosh! You guys, keep I just talking. contributed to animal cruelty. I'm afraid. There yeah, he goes. I'm, I'm allergic to cats too, and I'm glad it's there. Oh. I right. know you're allergic to. <laughs> so cats what's up with the Thunderdome, Eric? The Thunderdome. I don't know. I just I know that's that's a hot button issue right now in Minnesota. And I was just curious. What is the Thunderdome? 
I was just wondering what what what's the latest news on it. Well, from what I yeah, understand, the thunder, Joe. From what I understand, they laid the carpet upside down. I guess there is a correct way to lay that CRC carpet, and they glued it. I heard that they glued it. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. So ignore the fact of the subfloor deal. You know, Torque is looking for. Speaking of, Torque just got the new CRC black carpet, and they're looking for a different place and I believe they're looking for a different place. I've heard a rumor so they can put a subfloor in and do it correctly. But um anyways. Awesome that we have so many new new things going on. Everybody's yeah. got the new carpet now. There's a do damn re- dome that has been built for do you remember RC when we purposes. Had, do you remember when we had trackside and Dewey's and that was plenty? Yeah. Good times. Yeah, but the, but this Thunderdome it, it literally had the, it had the, still has the potential to become a national level facility, for sure. Um, sure they have some growing pains. I, I was disappointed that they didn't do dirt, but whatever. Um, and then I was disappointed that they did CRC carpet over AstroTurf, like the jumps are AstroTurf, but the main racing surface is CRC. I thought I heard they were thinking about, or they were still planning on putting some Astro down for the off-road part of it. That that would be nice, but then they also built the tracks side by side. Yeah, you know, I, from the pictures I've seen, it doesn't look like the the driver stand position is ideal for the way they have the track laid out there. And but, it's you know, such it's, a beautiful driver stand too. Here's here's my take on the whole Thunderdome thing, and I know it's everybody's seen everybody's comments and everybody's angle on it. I'm but, banned from commenting. <laughs> <laughs> so. Here's what I think. I mean, they've clearly invested a ton of capital into this thing, and I think that's what everybody needs to remember. I mean, regardless of what condition it is in now, nobody's throwing in as much money as they have at this thing and are just going to be bullheaded and not receptive to what people want. Like, there's a lot of money that has gone into that thing, and they can't just, you know, well, decide they don't want to do it and turn it into a Wendy's next week and yeah. continue to make their money back on well, it. That thing is an RC track yeah. now, whether they want it or not. They, they're going to they have, have to make it work because they put a ton yeah. of money into it. And so, they, they have so far decided to ignore the racers. And, you know, they'll if they continue to do that and they – don't get anybody that comes there, then they'll, they might have to reevaluate that. But honestly, I think if they have people there and coming into their shop that want to come in there and run that maybe aren't racers and they provide them what they want, then well, yeah, if they, great. <laughs> if, they, if they get more bashers than racers, more power to them. But man, I could tell you one thing. I, th- I think you could have, I think a basher could have just as much fun on a legitimate racetrack. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean they they had to have taken a racer's consideration into into you know their consideration at some point. I mean they got the CRC carpet that ain't cheap. They got no. decoder. They have multiple decoders. I saw in one picture. I yeah, mean, those aren't cheap. They Who's built it? a damn mecca of a driver stand out of steel. That ain't yeah. cheap. Exactly. They, they can they can build the hell out of some pit tables that look super nice. I mean, bashers don't need pit tables. But from from what I understand is the owner's son is running it, and he's got 
He's the one in the WJON commercial, whipping donuts in the rocks with the tracks of Slash, being like, I got $500 into this Slash. <laughs> well, they got $500 Good. times 1000 into that building. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think it's... I drive by that building I, all the time, and it's like... Uh, of the doubt. I'm kind of wondering if I'm even welcome there. They, well, they wouldn't know me for my profile because I don't. I never have a real profile picture of myself. So I don't know. I'm hoping you for just good have things. to go there and keep your mouth shut. To register under a different name. Yep. I'm Rusty Shackelford. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that it turns out cool, just for everybody's sake. You know, so do five ten is is no longer with us. It's you know moved on to yep. a better place. So maybe this can. Can be the replacement for those uh, mid-state guys that look for, for sure. a place to run, and and, and I'm t- I'm tired of driving to Omaha to get my off-road fix in the winter time. Yeah, well, there's, you know, and and it's the other the other topic that we could talk about is is MMR moving. You know, I we don't quite have the details around that yet, but maybe it'll be um, maybe it'll be bigger. I who knows, off, but uh, awfully elusive. He he's being very quiet. Um, maybe he's I, maybe he's building a dome. No, I wish. <laughs> from what I understand, is it's slightly bigger, but they had to move the bathrooms. So um, they they don't have this space completed at this point. So he's not going to be posting anything about it until something's complete. Everything's moved into position, and, and I guess it's right across the street from the other MMR. So well, that's good. You know, I think the the main thing to focus on is just how awesome everything is in this state right now. I mean, we have new carpet being bought everywhere. We have two functioning clubs that aren't, you know, consisted of you know, don't consist of people that are trying to murder each other. They're, they're non profit. Um, there's a there's an amazing track down in southwestern Minnesota, like of all places, the yeah. area that has never had any RC action ever until now well, recently. It, there's it this amazing to. track there. It used to. Um, Sioux Falls has had it has had a ton of tracks in the past, but they they haven't had anything good in a while. So yeah, Brandon's is definitely is definitely a shot in the arm in that area. I guess they get a ton of people from Sioux Falls. I think it's like 30, 40 minutes away. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, lots of good stuff happening around the state right now. I'm excited to see it, and uh, I think that Thunderdome, you know, hopefully it can, hopefully they can find their way, whatever way that may be, and no matter, you know, whether we agree with it or not, hopefully they find yep. a good a good base of customers that uh, have a good time there and help the sport grow. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully they all run modified, damn it. Uh, nope. <laughs> Well, modified Traxxas uh, Mini Revo. Uh, that's going to be the class. Put the castle in there with the 6S battery. and <laughs> As for create dirt, a, though. Create another one-off class for two years. Yeah. <laughs> As for dirt, just to briefly touch on that subject, I think yep. if I had a billion dollars right now and I was just going to build a track with all of it, yep. I would not have dirt. Really? Do you, do you, is that because it's the way the hobby is going now or um, the lack of wanting to just, do the work? Just logistically, I mean, now that people have accepted carpet, it's kind of like gotcha. people have accepted using cell phones. 
they'll never go back to not having cell phones. People have accepted right. carpet. Right. Nobody in their right mind would put dirt in a building and have to shut the track down for days on end to rebuild the track, oh, have yeah. to rent tractors to rebuild the track, have to have special ventilation systems to get the you know, moldy dirt spores out of the air from keeping everybody from getting lung cancer. I mean, it is, it's, it's logistically, it's so much easier to just throw some AstroTurf in. So, and I mean, yeah. the way people are constructing tracks these days, you know, all around the world, they're, they're making, you know, cool, uh, you know, smooth radius face jumps oh, sure. and, and different features and wall rides. And, you know, wall ride has traditionally been looked at as stupid, but man, they're pulling it off yeah. from, especially over in Europe. They're making some pretty sweet tracks yeah. and, and they're doing some things that, you know, are, 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 you know, a lot different yeah. with, with that surface and, and, and even other surfaces, that track in Bakersfield, California is made out of like, rubber. it's made out of rubber. The thing looks dialed. Yeah. Zach, Zach Rogers, um, I think, I don't know if he's an owner or employee there, but I think he's employee, just uh, the track manager or something. Yeah, but, but he's always posting videos on there, and uh, it looks so fun to run on. I saw some video of Yuna uh, Hantinen over in Finland running on what looks like a polished concrete surface with like some sort of groove laid down on really? it. Really, and that looked hooked up. That's so, awesome. I mean, there's, I th- it's kind of exciting to see. At first, I was against it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I was I, too. I, I. I'm bitter that, you know, TCHR closed in 2006, and we haven't had dirt since. Everybody's and, still bitter about and, that one. And, you know, I, I was skeptical of, of MMR, AstroTurf, like, okay, yeah, it has to jumps, but, you know, I don't want to run AstroTurf. That's the boat I was in. But, you know what? I think it's fully evolved into an acceptable racing surface in this yep. day and age. and and. The way people around the world are being creative with it and making it work, and all these chassis are designed around it now. Like, I wouldn't put dirt in a building if I had every dollar oh, yeah. in the world. Yeah, it'd be hard to convince a landlord to let you put dirt in the building. And to Andrew's credit, when he first started doing AstroTurf for 10 scale, um, it was right when he moved into the building he's at now. Man, he used to, he, he didn't build racetracks he built obstacle courses but he sat there he took his time he dialed it in and he builds very they're still very challenging tracks but they're fun and they're flowing and it creates good racing a lot of the time it creates a lot of heat between the racers because you know you're trying to fit two buggies side by side when there's only room for one and a half and it's he's he's really doing a great job with the astroturf and there's a new track every week too remember yes. when we would have to run on the same layout for like months at a time we were you there when we had to change the layout if we with uh winton at track oh side? yeah friday nights yeah if we wanted that layout changed we would have to and shane we were like 13 14 at this time no kidding me and a eric and a bunch of other dan katarowitz was always there yeah there, there's nobody but but changing the track, there's nobody above the age of 16 working on that track, and we did a pretty good job. That's sweet. To a guy yeah, named it was Tim about Purvis. the size of this living room, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Too. A easier to work with. Yeah. Didn't need a bobcat. Yeah. Nope. A guy named Tim Purvis would get a couple of us high. Not Eric, I don't think, but he'd get a couple <laughs> of us high and it'd make things easier. Not so. at 12. That would have been a little hardcore. Yeah, I think I was like 14 then, and it was really crappy pot. <laughs> so, 
Yes, but yeah, I'm I'm happy with the way things are going, and I hope the Thunderdome. Okay, do do you remember the video that um that new track in South Korea just posted with that cool like um, cage crossover? Yeah, deal? yeah, yeah. And that was their track presentation video, their first one for Facebook. And I know somebody posted that on the Thunderdome's. They they have the stuff to do it. They need a hype video, man. They really do, because everything I've been seeing so far, it's like Hunter Holmberg's an awesome driver, and he's been working with those guys so much, but you could tell he's getting a lot of resistance because you watch Hunter's car. go. Hunter's very quick around any layout. He's quick around the layouts they lay out, but it's like the jumps are really wonky, and the actual track layout's pretty lame, and it's like, guys, you've got all this room. Please, please. I, I know Hunter is in their ear all the time. So I'm hoping that they start listening to him more and more and more. Yeah, you know, it's I, I, I hope that they take the, the court of public opinion into consideration for sure when it comes to deciding what they should do with things. But at the same time, I totally understand the boat that they're in and wanting to do it their own way because you know what this is this is my investment this is my project this is my track this is if i was in their shoes i wouldn't want a bunch of people coming and telling me what to do i mean it's one thing to take people's you know opinions and maybe make them into you know adapt them to what you're trying to do oh but, for sure but at the same time you know if, if they don't go that route and they you know they I, learn the hard way the first couple times around then that's but but that's they, okay too they did have People come to them. They they had, you know, national level A main drivers. They had a national champion. You talk to them, all that stuff, and they still chose. See, it's not like some dumbass like me telling them what to do. They they had. I guess I, yeah, I don't I don't know the 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 depth of the amount of people or who they were to talk I, to them. But I do. I guess if everybody everybody that means something in this like you know it, it like i know the on-road people were very worried about it so we we have a lot of aiming 12 scale drivers up here at, like national level and i know a lot of them begged and pleaded and like please you know nope and i i mean not to take anything away from any of those people, but yep, that's not the clientele you need to be pleasing. No, I mean, you're you're right. But if you're going to have you an on road track, there's right. only one way to do it. Right, and, and it could have easily been done one way or the other. I and that's yep. that I totally agree with. But at the same time, you know, I from from their perspective, they're probably looking at it like, okay, here's these you know niche people that are comprised of you know thirty guys, maybe maybe and, forty, and then there's you know. 30 people that come in and buy a ready-to-run slash off their shelf on a weekly basis, you know, yeah. probably they're probably focused more on that. And I think it kind of shows from the pictures and what they got set up there. And Yep. But but I think the thing that's the, – the oddest thing about the Thunderdome to me is, is, you know, I'm hearing these stories about resistance or not listening to people and then obviously the, the laying the carpet down the wrong direction. Yep. So there's seams and gluing it down, having the driver stand in the wrong place. The thing that's confusing me about all that is just 
how much money they put in everything. So, like, that would all make sense if it was just a two-bit operation. Yeah. But, man, to go through the, the trouble of getting the black carpet that costs insane the amounts cost, of money. They bought Building a driver's stand. Yeah. They bought the dome. It's they like, ain't rented. So there's nothing, like, nothing cheap about them. They're not afraid to go the extra mile. So that's why I don't understand, like, why wouldn't you try to... What's frustrating you know, is they've never, like, seen RC racing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They, they never I don't know who they are YouTube. or where, what they've been or what they've seen or, from, or what. From, but uh, Yeah, from what I understand, they've never even... This tra- this place has been around for a long time, right? This Baker's you, Hobby Town? Yeah, but they I, moved. I went to a Hobby Town when I was a kid in St. Cloud. Was that... Do you think that was the same one? Same, same one, people? different owners. Okay. I believe the owners now... I got a chip on my shoulder. Um, I could tell you when we get off air, but they used to own the Oakdale one also. Oh, okay. I didn't, uh, uh, the, you know Oakdale, what happened yeah. there? I, I don't, but I know, the, I know someone that worked there. Yes, we, we all did. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. They've, they've, they've gotten to whatever point in life they are right now, the point that they can invest that much money into it by doing something right, presumably, unless, you know, they're just, they got a bunch of private investment from somebody else that doesn't know they're about to lose all their money, but yeah. <laughs> presumably they know how to do something right. And, you know, they, you don't get to the point of being able to dump that much money into a, a track for, you know, model cars by being stupid about stuff. So I guess I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. So do you guys want to end on a couple Dan Hammond questions? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, what happened to building seven? <laughs> well, um, do you, do you want the official government report or do you want to listen to people like Eddie Bravo? Official uh, report. Official report is it went down with the other towers because the uh, collapsing of the other towers, I guess, took it down. Wait, hmm. hmm. I think it was structurally damaged and they determined that it had to come down because it was a risk. I thought it went down. I, I don't at know. At the same time. I think it went down later in that later in the day. I remember that. Okay. It was like in the evening. What a horribly depressing <laughs> twist of this damn conversation. Yeah. Yeah. What Next other question. random topics can we talk about? Thanks, Dan. How, how many affliction shirts does Greg Amendola actually own? Twenty-two. <laughs> Twenty-two. I'm, I'm gonna guess. Precise guess. I'm gonna guess. Fully packed left to right in his closet. <laughs> how big of a closet? Oh, let, let's say six foot wide. Okay. What, what do you think, Eric? Uh, I don't think he's got any of them. I've seen a couple. Um, um, is Eric Swanson at all intimidated by me, <laughs> my recent MMA training regiment? Well, I, I know I am. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to find you in a back alley. <laughs> well, for different reasons, no. <laughs> um. I've noticed myself a lot calmer because I know a lot more I can do, and I just go to different places now when I get very angry. I, I don't get as hot-headed now. It, it, it's actually learn, learn, learning violent things has calmed me down, if that makes sense. Do you wear those uh, wicked American flag pants like the guy from no. Dynamite when you go to your class? No, but I've been thinking about it just as a joke. I think you should just it wear actually makes me time. scared to tackle you on the track. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Sleeper hold. 
Yeah, no, uh, rear naked choke, or I, I like to throw a Kimura on a person because you can do that from almost any position. I don't think that I could find the words to describe the lack of knowledge, the extent of my my cluelessness in regards to MMA. So uh, I really have no. I, I sure I, I'm intimidated. I guess I I, I don't know. I, I think if you watched it and actually spent time on it, realizing the skill that goes into it, you might like it. It's a legitimate sport. Oh, I'm, I don't doubt that. I just haven't followed a second of it. Yeah. Do you like I MMA like, I like shame? boxing, but then that turned into a commercialized You joke. like boxing? Are you watching uh, the fight tomorrow, Klitschkoff versus uh, some 28-year-old dude? No, I haven't. Honestly, I haven't really watched boxing in years. But Okay. Uh, another I Dan, did at one time. Yeah? Another Dan Hammond question. Is there an actual rep for the Thunderdome you can talk to about going about the goings on at their location seems like the vast amount of money and pretty big potential but stories of stuff ah, like we carp- already talked, yep, about, we that. Already talked about that yep next next question um let's see do, 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 do. will senior ever pit for me again he did at the dome was there yeah. a question of whether it would happen or where's the yeah. where's that question coming from I well got, I wasn't got, there a firing last year i i got pissed off for the wrong reasons and I, I I wrongly took it out on senior damn it Joe forget Rex <laughs> maybe know. maybe Joe it's, senior will adopt me. oh he, he'll uh, pit for you for it, sure it's been a it's been uh, acknowledged on the record it's been a long running joke it was funny yeah no I got pissed off and I was pissed off for like a mo- full month and I sat and thought about it, and it's like, he did, he pit me, it seemed like it was slow, but he was only like one or two seconds, like, slower than normal, and I also had a tire coming unglued that shot out the foam on the very last lap, so it was just a whole bunch of stuff going, it's like the tire started coming unglued seven minutes into a half hour main, and then on the last lap, battling for the final bump position with Rex, it spit the foam out. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of frustration there that I took out on Senior that I shouldn't have. Poor Joe Senior. I know. <laughs> I, I put him through way too much shit over the years. So let's see. We've been going for an hour and 42 minutes. Wow. Uh, should we... Uh, wrap this thing up here yeah let's do it what what do you think eric any final thoughts dan hammond says hi yeah hi dan (laughs) i i like when dan gets in his like trolley type move moods i mean it's kind of fun so uh, everyone loves a good troll yeah (laughs) i just like to throw out to um Kevin Van Ert. Oh, God. Buy more tires. Yep, he's going to need them. Yep, he buy sa- tires. He says he's going to beat you at every single round, like Thursday night, MNRC. Every, every time he races against you, he says he's going to beat you. And he told <laughs> me to tell you that. I look forward to the challenge. Yeah? Yep. For sure, for sure. 
All right, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Um, I'm going to throw the podcast in the compressor to try to equal out the noise in this thing, and uh, I'll post it uh, later tonight, maybe tomorrow morning. Will Kenny Loggins play us out as well? Uh, well. Oh, I don't want to throw too much at you. Don't worry about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, not too much, I don't think. Hold on. Actually, no, Kenny Loggins will not play us out. I'm going to go in a different direction. Uh-oh. Yep, we're gonna. This could make or break the last two hours of this podcast. We're it gonna could. go a little Joe Jackson stepping out. Hold on, oh, it's. What are you watching? Welcome back, Cotter. No, this is Joe Jackson stepping out. You don't know Joe Jackson? I mean, I've heard this tune before. God, that '80s. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, and we have officially ran out of talent for next time. I'm Joe Zare Jr. With me is Eric Swanson and Shane Madrinich. Peace. See you next time.